It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Hi everybody Hi I guess. Welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as what? Yes, suck your mum. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you can tell already, but my my mood isn't great this week. It's not great and I feel tired. And I feel tired because I don't feel like I've really had a break, you know, in the way that everybody else had a Christmas break. I don't think I actually had that time to switch off. There was some nonsense happening online and other bits. And yeah, I just don't feel rested. But and now we're back at it. We're back at it. Everyone's slogging away, getting things done and I'm back in the swing of things but I've promised myself that at some point I'm gonna take an actual break by myself 100% by myself because I'm incapable I'm just one of those people that's incapable of switching off and resting if there's anybody else around me I just can't do it I need to be left alone to recharge it's the only way I can do it I'm very much an introvert, which a lot of people don't actually believe. They're like, huh, you couldn't ever be. I'm very much, very, very much an introvert. And I just need my time by myself um, to be able to do things the way that I want to do them. So I'm here harping on. I'm Kelechi Okafor. Like I said, welcome to another episode of SYM. I'm happy to be here, if anything. And yeah, I mean... If I just launch into the tarot then for this week. So I pulled a tarot card before coming through to record. And the card that I pulled this week was the six of pentacles. And like I'm always saying, don't worry, I'm going to explain it. Now, when I look at the six of pentacles, so basically there's an image on the card and there are two people begging they're in like tattered clothing and they're begging and there's a man in the middle of the two people really dressed in really fine robes and just just looking like a real G like you know dressed up to the max and he's throwing coins down to one of them and the other one is waiting expectantly for their coins and the way that the coins are drawn is so significant because they're tiny. The The coins that he's giving to one of these beggars is tiny. He's giving quite a few of it, but they're still small coins. And the actual pentacles, the six coins of the card hover above the scene, but they're not what's being given. What's being given are tiny, tiny coins. And the man is also holding um, the, the scales, you know, like the Libra scales, he's holding the scales in one of his hands and then the other one he's using to dash money to one of the beggars. Um, so the card really does speak about charity. 
It speaks about charity, but then it speaks about charity in so many respects. And I think that that's actually important that the card came up and it came up at this point in January where everyone's talking about, oh, I'm so broke. Like Christmas made me so broke and I couldn't possibly give to anybody right now. I've got to think of myself. And I think sometimes there are excuses we make for not doing the things that we need to do in terms of charitable giving. Now, this is one of the things that I promised myself that I would be more disciplined with in this year. Like I give sporadically. I give my time when I can and I give money when I can. Um, but it's important to have it as part of your ethos as a human being, because you only truly gain anything when you give something. And so that's what the card is really saying to me. But then at the same time, if you're at the receiving end, if you're someone that's looking to receive something, the five of pentacles that comes before, you know, comes before the six of pentacles. We see the same beggars, the same two beggars out in the cold and they're walking um, past a stained glass window where it's really ornate, really beautiful. And they're walking. So by walking, they're standing. Yeah, they're walking and they're walking through what looks to be like cold weather. But they're walking and they're doing their thing. They're dejected, but they're moving forward is what I see in that card. Um Money worries is what that card, the five of pentacles usually speaks about, but you know, they're moving forward. Now, when we see them in the six of pentacles, they're kneeling, they're, they're kneeling at the feet of this man waiting for him to give them money. So you have to ask yourself sometimes, like, what are you willing to do to get the things that you want? And if, if you need some help, what are you willing to do? Are you going to, are you going to stand or are you going to kneel? And sometimes I think that sometimes I get in my own way because I often refuse to kneel for anybody to get anything. I I would rather stand and and fight it out to get those things than to find myself on my knees at the mercy of another human being. Um, and I'm specifying human being because I'm not talking at the mercy of God. I'm not talking about the mercy of the positive external forces that work in our lives. I'm talking about kneeling for some other person and yeah, I battle that. So I just think it depends on what you want to do, how you want to go about asking for the things that you need. But even if you're the giver or you're the receiver, I think there has to be integrity in how you give to people and how you receive. Um, gratitude, obviously, receiving and giving, because I feel like ultimately why I like to give, whether it's whether I'm giving blood or I'm just helping in some other way or giving money to people, it's an honor to be in a position to help people. You are not honoring them by giving them something. They are honoring you by allowing you that gift in life to be in a position to help others. That is the true gift. So don't get all up in your feelings, feeling like you're nice because someone needs you. You, in fact, you should be grateful that that opportunity has come up and you utilize it in the best way possible to make yourself the best kind of person that you could be. Um, and charity is not always fun. So um, if you've listened to these episodes from the beginning, you'll know that my dad passed away um, three years ago now. And it was a real, it was a, it, it was a, it was a horrible time for me processing all of that since I didn't spend much time with him, but I made a pact with myself that every year I would try to honor his memory in some way. And so December, 2017, just gone, I was praying with my pastor and I was just like, yeah, yeah, 
I'm going to get chairs for the church in my father's memory. I'm going to get chairs for the church. I don't know who I thought I was because I thought these chairs were going to be like, I don't know, five pounds. So, you know, I'll get a few chairs for the church. It's cute. It's lit. (laughs) When the pastor now told me the website to go to, to get the specific chairs that they use at that church and then I was going to get 20 of them because that's the number that came out of my mouth that I should get 20 of them. I committed myself to spending so much money. Like when it came up, the price of it and the price I would have to pay for 20 chairs, I swear down, I started sweating. I was sweating. I said, yo, I mean, do you need all of those chairs? I mean, can can I not just get 10 and or even five? Can you guys not lap each other? Like, can you not just sit on someone else's lap? Because I don't, I mean, can you not even stand to praise God? Wow, this is a lot of money. So sometimes, sometimes it doesn't feel nice, but I committed to doing it. And it's part of being disciplined in what I've committed myself to do. And it's not like I don't have it. It's just, I would rather use that for other things. But that that is it. If you're truly giving, you're not giving. If you've got everything abundantly and you're giving and you don't really feel it, that's great. That's cool. But I feel like sometimes true charity comes from you giving from the little that you do have. It doesn't have to be a massive amount, but just giving from the little that you do have, whether it's time um, or whether it's, um, you know, knowledge, it's just giving from what you do have to help others. And that doesn't mean, you know, you have to go around and start spraying everybody that you see in the street, like, hey, Omar, have five pounds. No, it's, it's, it's whether you can sign up to a mentorship program to help other people. What, what can you do to benefit your community, other people that are in less fortunate positions? You know, that, that's what really the card was saying to me. And it was really reiterating to me that nobody knows tomorrow. Now, that's not to say that you should give from a place of fear or guilt, because then I don't feel like you're truly giving. It's more saying that to be aware that life is cyclical in nature. Everything that happens in this life happens in the most beautiful, sometimes people view it as chaotic, massive cycle, circle. Yeah. It's never ending. It's eternal. Right. So if that's the case, we then know that there is a process to the fruits that we get in this life, right? So we're always told like you reap what you sow. Charity is part of reaping what you sow because what you put out there will come back to you and it might come back to you in the weirdest way. You don't know, but it's going to come back to you. Even if it comes back to you in the feeling of just knowing that you're helping to bolster your community in some way, even isn't that enough? Just knowing that you helped someone. Now, people try to make excuses for why they don't do things like, oh, you know, the youth of today, they're too rude. I'm not giving my time to one 16 year old to come and back chat me. And no, you know that you yourself, you were rude when you were 16. You were a lot to deal with. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be part of youth programs to help younger people. Like I'm so deeply invested in helping younger women because I know all the pitfalls and all the tumbles that I had to make in order to be in this position I'm in where I'm making threads and people are like, oh my God, you're so wise. Yeah, I had to make a fuckload of mistakes to get to that point. And I'm still making mistakes every single day. But the point is... You could help someone, you could support someone, even if they're going to make that mistake anyway, but at least you're there to kind of say, babes, don't worry. It happens to the best of us. You've got this. You're going to be fine now. When I was in a similar situation, this is what I did. So, um, you know, those are the things that we have in place to, to really give back to ourselves by giving out, you know, putting things out there and paying things forward. And a lot of people, 
have paid things forward. And that's why I'm able to do the things that I do. Like all the people who even donated to the crowdfund when I was opening the new um, studio, the new pole dance studio in Peckham. Those were people doing something charitable. Without them, I wouldn't have had the extra bits that I needed to make the studio look the way that I wanted to, or, you know, pay for things that I need to pay for to, to help the studio be what it needs to be. Um, so it matters, man, it matters. And that's really what that card is saying to me. Like, you, nobody knows tomorrow. Today we could be up, tomorrow we could be down, but let's do whichever up and down we're doing. Let's do it with the utmost integrity um, because that's what really counts. So I hope that resonates with people out there. You might be like, ugh, whatever. But I hope it resonates with someone because when I pulled the card today, I was just like, yeah, yo, this this is important. This, this needs to be said. So yeah. Moving on, moving on to Share Your Magnificence. Now, Share Your Magnificence this week might seem rather odd because it's probably going to be one of the very few times you hear me praise a white man for doing anything because you know how I feel regardless. Um, but big up, Charlie Brooker, Charlton Brooker. Charlie Brooker, who is the creator of Black Mirror, Big him up because this season of Black Mirror was doing bits and it was doing bobs. And I am so, so elated. Like, it, it, I know that I'm saying, you know, I'm not in the best of moods and everything else, but I feel like that's just because my energy is low and all of that. But if we're talking about something that made me feel so happy was when I watched this season of Black Mirror. Now, I don't like performative activism where you know um a, a man or a white man or a white woman jumps up and says something like oh my god racism is real and everyone's like oh my god. they notice they know racism is real oh my god we've got to invite them to the cookout we've got to invite them no we're not inviting them anywhere they can stay where the hell they're at i'm not inviting them anywhere yeah we can't keep giving cookies to people like i said before can't keep giving cookies for to people for doing the most basic human things it's it's unnecessary but now if you show me your activism in a very subversive way i'm with it put your activism where your talents lie and i feel like that's what charlie brooker did with this season of black mirror i don't if you haven't watched it i'm not going to dash out the spoilers but at the same time it's your own fault you should have watched it by now but i'm going to try and avoid giving any spoilers but um the thing that was glaring to me after watching all of them is that all of them had female protagonists and it didn't affect me. It wasn't something that really, as my mum likes to say, it's not something that dragged my eye. It's not something that was distracting. The stories made sense to have female protagonists and, and it wasn't like some big fan fella. Oh my God, look, women, look, it's women doing things and being human. Oh my God, this is one. No, it was just, some of the stories were horrible. Like I know that a lot of people don't like Archangel and a lot of people don't like Crocodile, but I loved them. Like I loved Crocodile. The actress who played the protagonist in Crocodile was sick, like incredible. It was just beautiful beautiful her acting was just superb crocodile was fantastic i love the themes that were covered in archangel like you want to protect your children you don't want anything to happen to your children and maybe that's why i haven't had children yet 
the fact that there's that fear, uh, like fear in me, like I don't want to have a child and know that they go through any of the trauma that I went through as a child, because I will feel like I failed as a parent to protect them from those things, because I know how deeply it impacted me and how much work I had to do to bring myself to this point of where I am in my life. But then also that's part of life because Khalil Gibran says like, like when he talks of parenthood that your children are of you, but they do not belong to you. Like they belong to the universe. Like they are here on their own assignment. So who the hell are you to now be impeding on the assignment that they are here to do because you feel like, oh, I've got to protect them and oh, I want them to be the miniature version of me or live the life that I didn't live. That's not for you to say. And, you know, Archangel plays with those themes. It really plays with those themes and big up Jodie Foster who directed it. It was, it was, it was doing bits. I really enjoyed it. But obviously, obviously my favorite episode, my number one episode was Black Museum. Now, Black Museum, I feel like Charlie Brooker, he did everything that needed to be done. When we're talking about the brutalization of the black body, when we're talking about the incarceration, the the the, the due process that is not given to black men, or just generally black people when they are in within the judicial system, whether they're incarcerated, arrested, or whether they they suffer from police um, at the hands of police brutality, we don't speak enough about it as a community. I know that we are doing things within our communities, but when I'm talking about society at large, people don't want to address the fact that this happens now. If you've watched Black Museum already, go back and watch it again. Go back and watch it again, and don't watch it actually listen to the words because it was a masterclass in how you use wordplay the fact that we are looking at someone that we view as the prey but they're actually the predator but it was there all along in all the things that were said and how the the plot twist happens everything like I remember watching it and I was already getting frustrated I was like if this is another stupid fucking um program that is just going to use the torture on black people as entertainment I don't want to watch it I don't want to see it I I'm not interested and suddenly everything changed. It went from being a problematic episode because I was wait, I was about to start tweeting like, I'm tired of people being insensitive to the pain that they inflict on black people on TV and how black people are dehumanized on TV. And, and then everything changed, everything flipped. And I was like, wow. So that tells me that Charlie Brooker as a person is listening. And then he's showing us that he's listened by how he's executed that creatively because everything that, and the fact that it was a black woman that, that, that saved the day, nah, can't chat to me, cannot chat to me. Because again, that speaks to our society as well. The fact that all of these movements, all of these, um, you know, activist movements, that we have in this present day have been started by women, black women who are out there saying that this is enough. You cannot keep treating us in this way and they are doing stuff to fix it. So I'm just so proud of Charlie Brooker. Please, Charlie Brooker, because I feel like sometimes the moment you big up white people, they go and do some fuckeries like literally the next day. Please, I beg you. It's okay, huh? It's enough. You've, you've, you've really, wow, wow. That's all I can say. And obviously Hang the DJ was brilliant because I'm a sucker for romantic bits. 
um, as hard hearted as I might seem at times. I do like romance and I really liked how the romance was um, executed within Hang the DJ. I just think it was such a shitty title for the actual episode but who am I you know do what you're doing but it just I like that episode because it reminded me a little bit of uh, the internal sunshine of the spotless mind with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet I love that film I've watched it so many times and I just love that film because I feel like it speaks to the the omniscient nature of love that it will find its way and it's ever present and it's ever persevering. Um, I like it. I like it. I like, I like what Black Mirror did this season. Obviously there were people who were like, I don't get it. I've put Black Museum as the worst one because I don't get what they were trying to do there. I think they were talking about technology and I really don't get it. You don't have to get it, baby boy. It wasn't for you. That's why you don't get it because it wasn't for you. The people who it was for understood and were happy and were joy, you know, were joyful. You don't understand. So you just stick to USS Callister and get your life. Yeah, that's enough for your metalhead. Get your life there. The rest of it, mind your business because no one was talking to you. Thank you. So yeah, well done, Charlie Brooker. I'm super impressed. And if you, if someone wants to play this to him and tell him that, you know, I'm happy to work with him on my script about Kelechi Comes to Stay, you know, my view of my new version of colonization, when I take over a white person's home, I'm down, you know? So if he's your brethren, holler at him, let him know I'm here. I'm ready to do bits, yeah? And obviously big up Michaela Cole that was in USS Callister and big up Letitia Wright who was in um, Black Museum. She was the protagonist in Black Museum and she was just incredible. I can't wait to see her in Black Panther. She did everything she needed to do and more. And I'm just super proud. Like she just, she's got those acting chops. Big up yourself. And so that's it for share your magnificence. I don't, you know, it's like a Haley's Comet. I, it's going to happen once every hundred years that you might hear me big up a white person on this show because they're few and far between that I think deserve that praise. But please note that nobody's invited to any cookout as far as I'm concerned. I'm happy that you've do, you're doing what you're doing, but you can stay where you are. Like, let's all stay in our respective lanes. But moving over from one white person that's doing something fantastic to a, a white person that's doing something not fantastic. In fact, they are a fantastic fool. That's where we're going next. So we're moving on to the segment. So you mad? And this week, it's not really what I'm mad about. It's just that what this person's mad about. So you mad? We're talking this week about Angela Rayner. Angela Rayner is an MP. She's an MP. She's been in the political scene. She's been a politician, I think, for about three years. Um, she is the Labour MP for um, is it Ashton Underline or Ashton Underlin? I don't know what how you people pronounce the places that you live, but anyway, that's where she lives. She's thirty-seven and she's. Um, shadow something something for um, shadow secretary for education or shadow minister for education whatever they call her that's her business but um that's who she is and there was a telegraph article that was yes okay fine it was badly written and they quoted her as saying that working class white boys are being left behind because um, or they they are being negatively impacted by the focus that has been given to ethnic minorities and women 
Now, before I launch into the thing, I just want to talk about this phrasing that I keep seeing happen a lot of times when people are speaking about women. It is a tool of oppression to constantly ostracize womanhood from non-whiteness. What I mean by that is that, I don't know if you remember, there was one actress that gave a speech and she was just like, Hispanics, black people, such and such, we have helped you. Now it's time for you to help us women. And I'm just like, raw. so you're, are you trying to say that women don't come in ethnic minority edition or what? It's, it's almost like white women, and I'm saying it's almost like, cause I'm being sarcastic. It's almost like white women have the monopoly on womanhood. Yeah. And femininity, because you notice this because the darker a woman is, the less feminine she's perceived to be. Look at how this stupid rival that does not exist and rivalry that they they, they keep pushing down our throats with Serena Williams and um, Maria Sharap over there. They keep forcing this like my girl's beating you 19 times out of 21. Like what what rivalry fam? I body you every time I see you yet. They will drive this narrative that Serena is less of a woman in comparison to Maria because Maria is quintessentially woman in that she's white, blonde, blue eyed. It's bullshit. And it happens all the time. It's coded language. It's coded language when people keep talking about ethnic minorities and women. What they mean to say about that is like ethnic minorities and white women. But if that's what you want to say, fam, say it with your chest. Say white women. Stop saying women because they do not have the monopoly on womanhood. And I'm going to keep correcting you every time that I see it. People were speculating this week about the fact that James Bond could, there'll be a new James Bond and it could possibly be a black person or is that, no, what do they put? It could be um, a black person. James Bond could be black or a woman. And I just thought to myself, so wait, black or a woman? Because do women not come in black? I, what? And so to frustrate the process, I started tweeting that I'm going to be the next 007. Like, try me. I've got all the skills. I, I'll take a few stunt classes and I'm ready for this. Yeah. Because why can't it be um, 007 is gonna, could be black and a woman. Why does it have to be either or? It's like, oh, it's so basically what you're saying is that it's either going to be a black man or it's going to be a white woman. It couldn't possibly be a black British woman because that would be crazy. So that just tells me all the time, every time that we need to create our own stuff. And I'm going to make a show reel where I play um, uh, an MI5 agent or an MI6 agent, you know, I'll, I'll make a show reel where I'm doing that to show you that it's possible. My new set of headshots that I had done, um, just last year, there was a picture that I had taken where I'm wearing a white silk blouse and my hair's pinned back and I'm just serving, you know, serene looks. And I put it up and it went viral because I said to people, what role do you think I could play with, you know, looking like this. And there were so many suggestions. Oh, you could be a scientist. I imagine you being a scientist and I imagine you being this and I imagine you being that because the possibilities are endless because our imaginations are expansive. It's only production companies that are telling us that it's impossible for me to play these roles because they've already got it in their minds, the roles that I should play. And I don't think that's fair. So 
obviously you already clocked that I've gone all the way off a tangent, but I'm coming back. So what I was basically saying that is I'm not happy with how that article um, around, um, about Angela Rayner, about how it was phrased, you know, um, the working class white boys are being left behind because of the focus that's being given to ethnic minorities and women. Now, I wrote a thread on Twitter and I said, like, Angela Babes needs to calm down because the success of black and ethnic minorities in this country is not is cultural. It's not due to anything that you have implemented in your curriculum. So don't ever in your long throated life try to claim the successes that our parents forced upon us and drove us towards. That wasn't down to you. Yeah. That wasn't down to you. If you're, if Gary and Tommy are being left behind, yeah, that's on you because the system that you've created, the curriculum that you've created under white supremacist patriarchy is not serving them either. Unfortunately for them, you haven't put things in place to help them. Whereas our parents from our, um, from our cultures looked at our lives and said, nah, not my child. My child is going to go to school. My child is going to do well. My child is going to surpass all um, expectations. My child's going to be the first one in our family to go to university or my child's going to do this. My child's going to do that. Yeah. That's what our families did. That wasn't anything that you did. In fact, if I can remember correctly and from all the accounts that people have given me when they've sent me emails and they've sent me or they've commented under that thread that I've written, by all accounts, you try to hold us back. If, if I'm remembering my school days correctly, none of you motherfuckers helped me. In fact, all you kept doing was giving me low, very low predicted grades. That's all you ever kept doing. There was only one teacher, big up Miss Parrot who said like Kelechi excels when it comes to drama. Like she, I remember on um, parents evening at parents evening, my mum sat in front of her and Miss Parrott said to my mum, you know, Kelechi has a talent like I've never seen. And this is, we're talking GCSEs cause you know, this was yeah GCSE. So year 11 or whatever. Um, and I'm sitting there and she's speaking to my mum and I'm 16 or going on 16 and she's saying to my mum, you know, Colette, she's really talented when it comes to drama. This is something that she should actively pursue because she's so good at it. Obviously, my mum wasn't trying to hear that. My mum was like, my, my own daughter, eh? You are mad. So it's so my, so my own daughter that should, should, should go and be jumping and doing EastEnders. Why your own daughter is, is succeeding and doing science and doing masters in law and everything else. My own daughter should go and be doing nonsense and tomfoolery. Nonsense. My mum didn't see it as the compliment that it was. But for me, I cherish Miss Parrot because she was the one person that was unwavering, annoyingly at times, when it came to my talent. She said, nah, this, you're good at this. You're really good at this. Do it. Do it with all of your might. And so that's pro probably why I haven't given up when it comes to theatre and acting and directing, because I had someone at secondary school in high school who pushed me to be the best that I could be at that thing but apart from Miss Parrot all the other teachers were whatless like useless they didn't care they they all they ever saw was oh she's not going to be good enough oh she can't do this she can't do that in fact they were always surprised when I would get high grades because as far as they were concerned they didn't you know they were predicting me like C's and D's for things that I ended up getting A stars for are you mad and this is it 
we live in a society where we're constantly having to prove ourselves and exceed expectations. Now it's lucky that we have such a resilient um, spirit due to the history that we have endured. And that's what drove us to the point where we keep striving for things and we keep achieving things. It is not a mistake that black women have so many degrees now when, you know, they're saying that black women are the most qualified or whatever, have the most degrees, whatever, whatever. Um, statistically speaking, when people look, when people are doing these polls and looking at charts, because we understand that we need to be armed with education and we need to be armed with experience in other, um, or in order rather to, to surpass our otherness within this society. And so when Angela is open her crusty lips to, to, to insinuate that the reason what the, why um, working class white boys are being left behind is because oh so much focus is being given to black children is a damn lie. Because out here we see black boys being excluded for hairstyles, black girls being excluded from school for hairstyles, fucking hairstyles. What does that have to do with them learning? Unless the Ghana braids are too tight. What the fuck does it have to do with their, the manner in which they are learning? But you're frustrating them within the system. You're not even teaching them accurate history of anything. You keep like underestimating them. You've already told them where you expect them to be yet time and time again, they keep doing great. That's not because of you. If white working class boys are being left behind, you need to address the funding system. That's what you need to address as education minister or wherever the fuck you are. That's what you need to address and stop poking your nose at the things that we have been working at to be better. It, it's that thing that people start to do very subversively where they start trying to make the argument a horizontal one like oh hey olu the reason you didn't succeed um, succeed tommy is because olu got all of the attention olu didn't get any attention from you that was positive olu went home and his parents were like nah go and read your book yeah, go and read your book. It's your problem if you're not telling Tommy to read his book when he comes home. Don't make Tommy blame Olu when they should actually be blaming you and the system that we are all trying to survive under or survive within. Because you, she had the cheek to then say, oh, you know, there's just nothing out there telling white working class boys that they can be more. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Every fucking poster that I see for films, for, for this, for that, it's all white men holding guns, whether they're assassins, whether they're geniuses. In fact, you're even letting them play the fucking kings of Egypt when you know they would have gotten sunburned out there. Like they, white boys are being depicted in every manner possible. If that is not enough for them to know that they can be anything they want to be, then I don't know what else you want. But whatever it is, it's not from us that you're looking for it. It's not from black people. It's not from black children that you should come and expect it. Do your own fucking work and keep us out of your narrative. That is all I I'm basically saying. Now, I wrote this thread and people were jumping at me going, no, no, don't be mean. It's the Telegraph. It's the Telegraph, a right-wing newspaper that are saying all these things that are untrue about her. They're, um, they're misphrasing or they're um, rewriting what was actually said from a Spectator article. So I went and read the Spectator article, yeah? And this is the main bit that she's quoted as saying. 
Focusing on ethnic minorities and women's agendas, she says, has had a negative impact for white working class boys. They have not been able to adapt. Culturally, we are not telling them that they need to learn and they need to aspire. They are under the impression that they don't need to push themselves in the way that disadvantaged groups had to before. I think that is why there is a bit of a lag here. I think we need to do much more about the culture of white working class in this country. Her son, she says, didn't go to university. I'm quite chilled about it, but ask most parents around here and they'd feel and how they'd feel if their kids didn't go to university. Oh, that's what she wrote. Now, she understands on some kind of level that white supremacist patriarchy is your problem because your boys don't feel like they need to do any real work because you've basically told them you're all right you'll figure it out like there's there's so much out there that boosts their ego that they don't what what more do they need and so because it's boosting their ego they're not working as hard as everybody else because their mediocrity will be rewarded at some point now that is not my problem my problem lies in the fact that she says focusing on ethnic minorities and women's agendas when where is this focus show me paperwork that can speak to this focus that you're talking about because it's a damn lie stop it's that focusing thing that really annoys me because it's like you made the you, you the deliberate you know the deliberate decision that you are going to help with these things when that is not what you have done at all and then you're talking about negative impact it's had on them if it's had a negative impact on them that's their business that's down to their self-esteem that's down to their ego that is your own personal problem do not involve black boys who are expelled at an at a rate that is at this point unethical within the school system don't involve them yeah they they they're battling a number of things and they don't they don't need you to now set Tommy's parents on them and have Tommy's parents resenting them because oh you're the reason that Tommy's Tommy's been left behind Tommy's been left behind because you don't ask Tommy to read when he comes home that's why Tommy's been left behind Tommy's been left behind because you don't fucking season your food yeah do that. I'm sure that helps with IQ. Go and do things that will help your child and mind your fucking business. That's what I'm asking you to do. Now, it just annoyed me the fact that I had to take away time from preparing for, for, uh, for teaching my twerk class to address this issue because I know that people can't just make up things that you didn't say. You know, they can twist your words, but they can't make up things that you didn't say. And Angela definitely said this. And she said things like this in the past when I went to go and check up on her. She said bits like this in the past, like she's got a husband and sons. And so therefore her knowledge of what's happening out there is very limited to her husband and her sons. But I see that this article is very much geared towards, because I think she wants to run to be the next leader of the Labour Party. The article is very much geared towards, oh, I'm salt of the earth. I didn't go to uni, had a child at 16. I'm what you need for the Labour Party. I don't really agree because throughout the article, they keep mentioning, oh, but you know, one would have expected you to be part of the Conservative Party because of the upbringing that you've had. And she's like, no, because I care about the people that I've seen around me growing up and I want the best for them. Nah, if your ideologies lean towards Conservative Party, please, my friend, go there. Or is it because they won't let you in? Yeah. Is it because they don't view you as being suitable? So you're now trying to chuck your head into the Labour Party and say that this is what you're about when really you're just going to be as detrimental to the process as ever, as Tony Blair, as far as I'm concerned. This is why I wanted to run for councillor 
um, you know, for Southwark because I feel like some of you need to hear bits and you need to hear it unadulterated. But then I realised, actually, I don't need your platform to say what I need to say. I can say everything I want to say from my platform. It's cute. It's lit. I don't want yours. Yeah, I don't want to actually maybe be an MP anymore because it's going to come with too much wahala and I can say all the things that I want to say without anyone trying to silence me from exactly where I am. And this is ultimately why I cancelled my Labour membership, my Labour Party membership, because there are too many snakes in the grass. I can't support a woman, yeah, who's out there vilifying the successes and co-opting the successes of black and ethnic minority students as her own. I know that throughout university, I wasn't helped. No no one helped me at university. And that's why I don't want the uni that I went to to ever claim me when I pop. When I blow, don't claim me because you didn't help me. Yeah, leave me alone. Same with high school. Apart from Miss ha Parrot, don't claim me. Same with the college that I went to, the Performing Arts College, you know the name of it. Again, don't claim me because you were too busy focusing on all the superstars that we have today to even cultivate the talent that I had. Nobody was out there helping me. It's just that I decided by the grace of God that I wanted to be more than what I saw around me. And so therefore I became more than what I saw around me. So Angela needs to shut her mouth is all I'm saying. Now that moves me swiftly on to the tweets that I've been seeing recently. Um, and it's not, not just tweets. Like we see it all throughout society with men talking about um, women and women being tainted. And that's what I'm going to include as my straw of the week. Suck Your Mum, the last segment of the show. That's what we're moving into now. We're moving into that segment. Now, you could ex expect that I'd want to give the straw to Angela, but I'm just going to leave her where she is because we're out here slaying regardless. You don't even need a straw. Carry on doing what you're doing, but just keep our name out of your mouth. My issue is with men who make statements like, oh, um... I just saw this guy and noticed that I used to fuck his girl. Yeah. Like, what pride are you getting in that? Like, why Why is it that when it's some kind of conquest for, for you, it's some kind of thing, you seem to view sex as something that you do to a woman and you don't see it as an act of two consenting adults that they've chosen to, to partake in together and to experience together. Like sex is an experience. Like you don't seem to understand that. You feel, you feel like your ego is inextricably linked to this thing, this sex that you do to people, that you do to women. And it stops you from actually enjoying it or the people who have the sex with you from enjoying it themselves. You seem to think that women are tainted in some way once they sleep with a guy. Now you need to ask yourself, if women become dirty when they come in contact with you, what does that say about your own hands, right? You, therefore, are the problem. If we look at the common denominator, oh, I slept with that girl, yuck. I slept with that girl, she's a hoe. I slept with that girl, she's dirty. So what are you? What are you? Because you're the one. You're the one that we keep coming back to that's sleeping with all of these people. Then you'll open your long mouth, that, you, that, that dry mouth of yours, You'll now open it later on to say, oh, I want a wife. Well, I want a wife that hasn't been out on road with any of these guys. But you, you yourself, you've been the village bicycle, but you want to now find a woman who's pure. And, and it's the idea that purity is weaponized against women that I don't like. Everyone talks about, oh, I want a woman to be pure. I want to... My purity has nothing to do with anything um, or, you know, my sexual leanings. It, it has nothing to do with that. 
yeah but the fact is oh, a woman is you know she's she's tarnished once she's been with a man and you know she needs to preserve this for the right man and why is he not preserving why is he able to run his penis ragged yeah in fact it's falling to pieces the, the penis wants to run away because it's had enough yeah it's cruel and unusual punishment. This this penis wants to speak to Amnesty International because it doesn't like the way that it's being treated. But you don't focus on this. You focus on women. Women are the you know women are the problem. Women need to do this. Women need to do that. I feel like women are the only people who are told constantly, who are given advice from everybody. Men don't want to go and give their fellow men advice. For some reason, they want to gear all of their advice towards women. Our queen, be this, be that. First of all, stop calling me queen. Mind your business, yeah? I could be a queen, but that's none of your business. But I know that you're trying to use queen to weaponize, you know, you know, you're weaponizing the word queen to get me to behave in the way that you want. Because what's what, what's the alternative then? If I'm not a queen, what am I then? Am I a bitch? Am I a hoe? Right? Because I need to stay within the confines of what you deem respectable. And I'm not here for it. I can do what I want. I can live my life exactly as I want. And I'm so tired of women being silenced for centuries um, from, from speaking about their sexual experiences and learning more. Like how the fuck are women meant to learn more about themselves and their desires and the things that they like and don't like and 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 the things that they'd like to experience in life if everywhere the moment they speak about sex is like oh my god you're a hoe you need if if that is your true belief go to the first hoe that you ever met and that is your mother yeah don't don't ever be opening your mouth and talking to other women that they're this and they're that go and speak to your mother first because that is where the root of your 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 nonsensity and your madness that's where it started because it's rampant on social media. It's rampant in movies. It's rampant everywhere. Like, oh, I just wanted to find a pure vessel so God's love can be channeled to me. You are the vessel for yourself, for God's love. Clean yourself the fuck up and leave women alone. Let women be who they want to be. And if your ego is so fragile and you can't deal with the fact that your partner has had exes, or even if she hasn't had exes, she's had numerous other sexual partners. If you can't deal with that in your soul and you've had a similar background to the, the one that she she's had, then that is something you need to take up with yourself. That's got nothing to do with her. You know, it's weird. It's almost like unicorns. You know that there are women out there, shock horror, who actually, wow, they enjoy sex. Oh my God, no. You want a freak in the sheets, but you also want her to be a virgin when you meet her. So when did you expect her to have learned all of these things? It's cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is what's doing you. And every time I now see it, even if I see it in a coded form, I'm going to call it out because you guys need to know that some of the things that you think are very, very ridiculous and they're very, very dangerous to the to, to women and to yourselves. And the ones that say these things the most, you've passed the, 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 the age of 30. Why are you still spewing such asinine bullshit? And some of you even have children, whether you have sons, whether you have daughters, you shouldn't have them if these are the views that you still hold because you're not helping anybody. And I feel sorry for that child because you don't have common sense. So women, as much as I said that we're given advice by everybody, my one piece of advice is please try to stop sleeping with men who hate women. Because there are lots, lots of men who like sex, but they hate women. Decipher which one it is and get far away from them because there is dick in abundance. I'm sure just through to due to the theory of probability, you'll find one that isn't tainted with such trash views. 
That is what I wish for you all in 2018. So that's basically it. My straw goes out to any man who wants to open his stupid lips to tell women about, oh yeah, you're tainted because you've done this and you've done that. No, mind your business. Before you think about the speck of dust in my own eye, look at the plank of wood in yours. Yeah. So take a straw. And like I said, go back to the source of all of your frustrations and go and speak to your damn mother. Yeah. That's where you should have learned from because right now you're out here misbehaving. Go and speak to your father. Start, just go back and fix whatever the fuck went wrong with you and stop spewing it. Stop regurgitating that bullshit to the rest of us. Suck your mum. Thank you very much. And that brings us to a close. Even though I didn't feel like I was in a fantastic mood today, we got there in the end. I got through everything that I wanted to speak with you about and I just want to wish everybody a fantastic week ahead whenever you listen to this, like just live your best life. Consider what I spoke about when it comes to charity and consider what I spoke about when it came to, uh, when it comes to education. Like we, we, we've really done this, whatever, whichever manner we use to get our education, we're still out here being incredible. And I'm just proud, man. We're, we're doing bits and yeah, you can follow me on at Kolechnikov or wait for it. I get it right this week at say your mind pod on Twitter Follow me on these channels and I'm going to actually start making videos eventually so I can post those up as well. But I'll do everything in bits. So I have been Kelechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind and unofficially known as What What? Suck Your Mum. Thank you so, so much for listening and I will catch you in a bit. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are gonna sip it Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind